Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I always like to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our executive producer, and uh, of course, uh, Sheldon Boyce, who's our producer, and for the hard work they do every single week to make sure these podcasts come out every single Friday. Um, I get to just sort of talk. That's what I do. I come in and try to get people to talk and, and do the discussion. They do all the heavy lifting, and I appreciate them so much. I also appreciate you, the listener. Thank you so much for taking time, allowing us to invade your space. If this is helpful to you, um, spread the news. Let people know about this podcast. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. That's crosswinds.church. Well, I mentioned Elijah Merrill as our executive producer. He's also sometimes co-host. Sometimes uh, uh, I've interviewed him, and sometimes he's a host. Uh, He he wears a lot of hats when it comes to this podcast. But Elijah, thank you for being back in studio. Oh, always a privilege. Thank you. This discussion is going to be a two-parter. We're going to start this week um, looking at really some content out of the series we're doing here at Crosswinds Church called New Beginnings. And the New Beginnings series, of course, comes out of the the first of the year, um, sort of jumping on that, um, that idea of a fresh start. Um, but we've been looking at really what what does it look like uh, to walk the spiritual journey that we begin when we say yes to Jesus? Uh, so it does sort of take for granted, if you will, that you've said yes to Jesus. In other words, you've received him as Lord and Savior. Now what? Hmm. Um, and, and why is that so important? Because I understand that we come to Christ and, and we're saved purely by his work. It's not something we've done, not anything we could do. In fact, the scripture makes that crystal clear. Uh, Jesus paid the price for our sin. The wage of sin is death. Christ paid that price on the cross. When we receive him as Savior and Lord, um, the same resurrection promise that we see in Christ being resurrected from the dead is ours. We have eternal life in him purely because of the work he did. And so, you know, it, 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 look at it this way. We're, we're not saved by works at all. We understand that in Scripture. But those who are saved will have godly works. And, and what does that really mean and what's that look like? Well, this series unpacks that a little bit, talking about spiritual disciplines, talking about what it means to share our, our faith, this, our faith story, if you will, with others in the hope that they'll come to Christ. I mean, there's many topics that we're we're covering throughout this series, and I don't want to rehash those because you can actually go right to our website and listen to each of those messages. But I want to talk mindset here in the next two weeks, uh, and I want to start with this mindset that I've said yes to Jesus, so what? Hmm. Um, and, 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 and I want to be careful with that because right off the bat, I turn some people off. I'm not intending to do that, but there is a passage in Scripture that makes it really clear. Just believing that Jesus is the Son of God doesn't save. In fact, there's a statement I came across not long ago um, that is, uh, is uh, accredited to a guy by the name of Rogers, but it, it says it, it's not the profession of faith, but the possession of faith that mm-hmm. makes all the difference. Now, what's that mean? Does it mean that, that when Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved? Is that part of confessing with your mouth is not important? No, but we do understand that someone who doesn't have the ability to talk 
because of some limitations uh, yeah. physically, that that profession of verbalizing it isn't what Paul is talking about mm-hmm. there. He's talking about uh, making a proclamation to God and others about this relationship. I believe he is who he is. I, I believe who Christ is. But the, there's another passage that makes it really clear. The demons know who Jesus is. And so if you were to ask the demons, if you were to ask Satan himself, is Jesus the Son of God? They would say, yes, we believe, we know. He, actually, we don't believe. We know. We know, mm-hmm. we know, we know he's the Son of God. But they're not saved. Yeah. And, and so there's something different with a believer, because that believer um, believes really is, is, is an act of word. It, it's, it's saying that not only do I accept that Jesus is who he says he is, has done what the Scripture says he's done, but I'm in an active relationship with him. Uh, again, that, that it doesn't mean that if you're sitting there, you might be thinking, well, I'm not perfect. Does that mean I'm not saved? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected. In mm-hmm. fact, if you've been around me long enough, you've known for years what, I, what I've said about this. You know, I, I know I'm not what I ought to be. I thank God when I'm not when I'm uh, when I'm not what I'm used to, what I used to have been. Um, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. But that work in progress isn't passive; it's active. Um, that I understood when I said yes to Jesus, I was saying yes to, to lack of a better term, to a Jesus culture in my life. Um, that I really do want to grow in Christ. That that that. Um, I don't want to play church, as some mm-hmm. people would say. I, I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a willing participant. Um, I want to grow in Christ. And, and I think, and Elijah, this is really, if you can't tell, I'm really passionate about this because I really believe when we look at the percentage of people who say, I'm a Christian, and we look at our culture, I've had so many conversations with people and say, this just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't make sense. Like, how can this high of a percentage say they're followers of Christ mm-hmm. in our culture, which is the makeup of all of our people, right? So if you take the percentage of who say they're Christian, right, and, I, and people say, well, that number is dropping, it's still a majority, mm-hmm. a vast majority, right, who say, no, we're Christian, we're followers of Jesus Christ. And yet when we look at our culture, I think... You know, not trying to be super judgmental, just just a just a casual observation. We don't live in a Christian culture, yeah, um, by and large, right? Um, and and so, how can that be? I think it goes back to the fact that it's not the profession of faith; it's the possession of faith. And and, and you know, I heard one time uh, one of the leaders of the Southern Baptists. Convention, who at the time when he said this was the largest denomination in our country, Southern Baptists out there, I know you're not really a denomination, you call yourself a connection, but but I, we're going to, for the sake of this podcast, say <laughs> denomination. Um, a friend of mine actually called one of the leaders in the denomination and said, how many Baptists, how many Southern Baptists do you think are actually Christian? And he said, the, the guy wept on the other side, and he said, I think 80% probably don't know Christ. Mm. Um, Billy Graham was once asked that question of, of the evangelical church, and I, I believe he too answered, like, he thought 70-some percent may not really be Christian. They weren't being judgmental. They were heartbroken over this. And that's because I think within church culture, not Christian culture, church culture here in America, we've said that if you've prayed a prayer, mm-hmm. if you've Go to church regularly, which, by the way, right now means once every three months. They, they did it. Now. I don't agree with that. I sure. don't think God agrees with that. But our society, Christian society, has said, well, you know, if you go into service once every three months, you're pretty regular. 
Let me tell you what, you're not regular if you're doing that. Um, Christian fellowship is important. Mm. And and so, I, you know, this, this podcast, these two podcasts may come out judgmental. I'm not meaning it judgmental. I just want people to flourish in Christ. Mm. And you can't flourish in Christ if, you know, you do this um, thing where you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but Christ isn't really invading your space. He, he's not mm-hmm. leading or guiding you. You know, there's that whole thing, well, he's the Savior of my life, but he's not Lord yet. I don't know if that's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, to degrees, I get it, you know, because I'm still a work in progress, and there's still areas that God will tap me on the shoulder and say, am I in control of that? And I'm like, oh, no, Lord, and, you know, I got to surrender to him. And there's areas I've surrendered and have to re-surrender because I've taken it back. I get that part of the journey. But, again, it's an active journey, not a passive journey. Yeah. And um, and I, I just find that for many a believer, they'll say, you know, for many a person who claims to be a believer, they'll say, well, you know, I, this, this isn't working for me. And I wonder the work they put into that. Well, I've, I've just spoken a whole lot. And I said that Elijah's going to be a part of this podcast. So I'm going to bring him in. What are your thoughts? Am I totally off on that? And you can say it if I am, but, but where are you at? No, with that? that's, yeah. I mean, I think there's, and we already said it, but there's a there's a little disclaimer there. Like, as believers, as anybody, we know that in Scripture, God calls us, we are not to judge. And, you know, to judge each other, you know what I mean? And that's... Not as God, right? Not We're as not God. not to judge Correct. as if you're going to heaven or hell. Correct. But actions, we are to judge. Yeah. That doesn't look like Jesus and help each other grow. Right. And I think, you know, and this is where it gets... It gets a little bit of a tricky conversation because scripture, God's very clear. I love you use the lang- the you use the language of a flourishing relationship with Christ. We use the common language here around um, you know, a thriving relationship. You know, all of these all of these terms mean the same thing, which is growth and and vibrant growth. And that is something that scripture is very clear about, is you there's there's fruit that comes from having your a faithful relationship with Christ. And that's and when you're not seeing some of that, now granted, I want to be careful there because sometimes there's going to be things that we won't see. You know, the spirit moves in ways that we might not notice, right? And feelings can be deceptive. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you don't feel the yep. presence of God, but it doesn't mean he's not there. Yep. Um but I think there's just there's a key element there that we keep talking about, which is it's a saving relationship with Christ. And that's the element that I think people, myself included, at points in my life, have not understood the full grasp of, which is it is a relationship with Christ. It's not a one-and-done thing with God in the sense that I've accepted him and now I can live however I want and all these different things. It's a – it's – it's this commitment that you are ac- accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you're you're entering into a saving relationship with Christ. So that relationship that you have is like is like any other relationship. If you take it on a, a much grander scale, right? Um, but if you take it into the perspective of like my best friends in my life, um, the closeness that I have with them. I wouldn't have if I didn't spend time with them. If I didn't if I didn't have deep conversations with them. If I didn't um ask them for help, if I didn't lean on them, if they didn't 
Um, if I didn't have that element, there's so much that goes into it. You could build, you could boil it simply down to how am I supposed to have a relationship with so-and-so if I don't talk to them? And some of that plays into you, your, your relationship with God as well. And I think that we just need to be, we need to be understanding that when we enter into this relationship with God, we're supposed to be digging into his word. We're supposed to be we're supposed to be talking to him. He wants us to be talking to him. And there's ways that in in my faith journey, I've I feel like God has helped me grow so much in in my understanding of like what it means to sort of to sort of center myself, you know, in a moment and sort of just take in his presence and pray. Um and there's like there's no special specific way to do that, right? But I just mean like um just sort of going in going into a let's say I spend my morning time with God. I think God has really helped to 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 give me this deeper understanding of just how to enter that moment with with understanding and reverence, knowing I'm not doing anything special, you know, but I am I am talking to God, who's my Savior and my Lord, you know. Um, but I think it's that relational element, and if if you are thinking to yourself that I just don't I just don't understand why, you know. I might feel this way or why I don't really see God in action, I would I challenge you to ask yourself, well, what sort of what sort of relationship do you have with God? And I think that's a great that's a great starting point to have, you know. Yeah, and again, we're not we're not we're not saying these things because we're trying to be judgmental or mm-hmm. say we've arrived. It's that we know what God desires for us. He desires us to be blessed so we can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the only way to do that is to be in a relationship with him, an active relationship with him. And as you were talking about friendship, I thought, you know, all of us know there are seasoned fr- seasonal friendships, I guess I'll call it, mm-hmm. where they're friends for a season. And that's perfectly all right in life. I mean, that, that's a natural part of life. In fact, we learn that, right? I have friends who were friends uh, in elementary school that I don't even know who they are. Right? Some, mm-hmm. I don't remember some of their names, right? But they were friends. There, there's friends in middle school, high school, even college, uh, on and on. Um, places where I've lived, where the friendship was based upon proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, too. Uh, that, that happens in life. But God is not one of those relationships that's seasonal. It's eternal. Yeah. And so the, you're right. The friends that I've kept over the years... I keep in contact with. Now, there are some friends we don't keep in constant contact, but we have enough of a foundation. But yeah, when we talk, it's like we haven't missed a beat, and you hear that. But we have missed a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. We're, we're not as close as we as we could be if we were talking more regularly, or if our if our conversations were more than just a, a simple text here and there, right? God wants more for us. Um, and he wants more from us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He, he desires the creator of the universe. This is, this is so hard for me sometimes to wrap my mind around because it's so easy to get legalistic and say, I owe this to God. But it's so, it's so much richer than that. The God of the universe desires to be in relationship with us, mm-hmm. so much so that he sent his only son to die on our behalf so that through him we can have this relationship. And, and so he... He didn't wait for us to come to him. He knew we couldn't. He came yeah. to us, and, and it's not about us really. Um, he's the number one seeker. He's been mm-hmm. pursuing us, you know, over and over and over again until until we say yes to him, and we say yes to him. And so many times, 
We then fall into this legalistic mode or an extremely passive mode where we either we're doing things because we feel like we have to or we're not doing things because we're just, let's be honest, lazy in our relationship with him. And what God says is, I just want you to, to know I love you and I want you to love me. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you talk about, you know, well, I'm not doing anything special and it's true. You're studying God's word, you're praying. That's, that's what normal Christians do. That's not what super Christians, there's no such thing as a super yeah. Christian. Normal Christianity, that's what normal Christians do. They spend time in God's word, they pray, they, they acknowledge him throughout the day. But yet, there is something supernatural about that because God's a part of it. You know, there's no relationship on planet Earth where half of that relationship is with perfection. Hmm. Like, God is perfect. So when something's going on with my relationship with him, I don't look to him as the problem. I can yes. look to me and say, God, help me here. Help me figure out what's going on with me. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting mm-hmm. this way? Why aren't I trusting you? All these things. And God, in his perfect love, it, it, it pours into me through his word, through other believers and fellowship, to help me grow, to be able to get the fullness of that walk with him present in my life, mm-hmm. right? Every other relationship's faulty, but we can certainly use it as an example because in our friendship, Elijah, and we have a friendship, in our friendship, if I were to like say, you know, I'm just never going to spend time with him, I'm never going to talk to him, um, which would be weird because we work together. Um, so that would be weird, but it happens. Yeah. It happens with married couples. Where all of a sudden, you know, they're not talking together, they're not doing things together, they're not sharing life together. And then they'll they'll come and say something like, well, we've fallen out of love with each other. Probably the most honest example of, of uh, a statement of all. But I would push back and say, no, no, no. You haven't fallen out of love. You've actually given up on love. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Because uh, married couples who are flourishing in their marriage invest in that marriage. Yeah. They they deal with the hard conversations. They they speak the truth in love. They 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 dare I say have healthy arguments mm-hmm. and disagreements. Maybe disagreements sounds so much better. Um, and, and for us in Christ, yeah, okay, that's an imperfect, two imperfect people um, trying to 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 do life together. But even in that relationship, I'd say when people say my marriage relationship is the most important relationship in my life, that marriage is doomed. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Your most important relationship in your life needs to be Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is the most important relationship in your life, that gives every other relationship hope. Mm-hmm. But without him, it doesn't. And so, you know, it's just this reality of that. And as I look at it, it's challenging. Yeah. It's challenging. Just, you know, and so when, you know, if a couple comes in and says, hey, look, you know, we're having marriage issues, my first question always is, how are you with Jesus? If, if I have uh, a couple of friends come in, they have relationship issues, and they're saying, hey, we're having this relationship, how's your relationship with Jesus? Why? Because it starts there. Hmm. Is it possible for two people to love Jesus and have trouble with each other? I think absolutely. Um, but, when you, but when you both have Jesus as that foundation, it's amazing how the Spirit of God can bring you around yeah. um, to, to be Christ-like in mm-hmm. the midst of that conflict. That's such an amazing point. That is so vital to to this conversation because our relationship with Christ is unlike any other relationship in the sense that He is the only perfect one. He's 
the relationship we have with Christ is the only one where we can have where where the person we're in a relationship with is perfect. Where either either person in the relationship is perfect, right? That's that's the that's unique to our relationship with God exclusively. And that's so important because I hear in conversations a lot and especially with people who have been believers for a little longer, as I hear people say things like I just I haven't heard from God in a while, or he's I I don't he hasn't shown up for me recently, or you know whatever. And I'm just I'm so I have to be careful every time, but I'm so challenged because I'm like, man, that's not how it works. He does show up in his divine goodness and in his divine timing, but in his perfectness, it's not that. Okay, so I going back to my best friend. There have been times where my best friend forgets the whole thing that we were supposed to do. Yes. You know, or doesn't show up or... Yes. Or is mean. Or is mean. Or I'm or, mean. Yeah. I say something that's not, you know. Yeah. And they retaliate or whatever. Yes. And, you know, and rightfully so to a point, you know. It's even worse when they don't. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because then you feel really cruddy. <laughs> but our our relationship with God is not like that. And yeah. I just, I think back to... I brought this up on the podcast before, but it's just a, a situation that happened in my life. I was having a conversation with a student um, a couple of years ago who was just um, just really struggling with where they were at and felt felt alone and felt lost. And I don't I don't. This is just a conversation I had with a student. This is not exclusive to students. You know what I mean? Or even to this person. It's something that a lot That's of us right. can go through and go through. Absolutely. But they were feeling like they were in this dark place. And I asked them, like, when's the last time you dug into God's word? And they couldn't remember. And I said, well, you know, God has given us his word as his li- this living and active connection that we have to God and how he wants to just so desperately teach us about himself, but then show us, show us his goodness and show us about who he is through his word. And if you, if you are not digging into scripture on a regular basis, that is, that's one of the, one of the primary ways we, we stay in touch with God, if, if you will, to use the relational analogy that God's given us this word as this, as this connection that we get to have with him. And, um, I think that there's, there's a lot of other things that can go into, um, go into, Maybe if you are in that position and you're feeling like you're in that place, you feel alone, there's a lot more things that can go into that other than just um, not being in God's word. But I would say, um, ask yourself that. When is the last time you were in, you were into God's word? That's why I love so much. We've talked about it before, but I love so much what's going on with our connect groups right now. But I, you know, just this, 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 this focus on being in God's word together. And I just think that that is something that goes that goes easily, I don't know, um, easily sort of like get into the mindset of, I know what the Bible says. I know what it says. I know this story. I know this story. I know the gist. I get the gist of the Bible. Why, I, I don't, why, why do I need to read it again? You know? And um, if it were any other regular book, I'd agree with you. But it's not. It's a living and active one, and God wants to speak to you through it. And even if you knew, even if you know the words on the page, that's, that's putting a limit on what God wants to do through it. Yes. 
That's why it's living and active. Mm-hmm. You know, two things come to mind that I, that I say quite often that when people ask me the question, has God sp- spoken to you recently? I say every single day. Mm-hmm. Anytime I approach God's word, he speaks directly to me through his word. I'm mentored through his word. I'm mentored by him. I'm mentored by the writers. Uh, I'm mentored by those who are present. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's an act that I should do. Sometimes there's an act I shouldn't, shouldn't do. Um, but his word speaks to me. Um, in that sense. So God does speak to me every day when I'm in his word. Um, if I'm not in his word, well, maybe not, but, but in his word. The other thing that makes it living and active is, and you said it, um, it's not when I approach God's word that it's purely academic. It's not just about knowing what the words are on the yeah. page. It, the primary way that God prunes us, uh, the way that he encourages us, the way that he moves us is to his word. And so it's living and active in the sense that I'll read something then the Spirit of God will bring that to mind um, in certain situations, whether as a form of encouragement, as a, as a, as a form of correction, as a form of direction. Mm. Um, and, and the reality of it is, and I say this quite a bit too, God uses the word we know, not the word we don't know yeah. in our life. So if we're not in his word, we're limiting the resources mm-hmm. that can be used for us to live for him and, and flourish. And so it's it's not just about head knowledge. It's about it's about really realizing that he wants to take these words and implant them in us. I like to say too, as we seek to master God's word, I pray that God's word masters me. Mm-hmm. It's not as important that that I can show people how many Bible verses I can quote. Yeah. Although there is a power in in memorizing scripture, but it's really about embodying the word, right? Mm-hmm. You know and. And I'd say to someone, you know, don't tell me how much of the word you know. Show me how much of the word you know. Um, and, and that's what God wants for us. And, and not just, again, it's not legalism. It, it's flourishing. Mm-hmm. If you want a relationship to flourish, two believers' relationships should flourish because the Spirit of God is, is what? Encouraging that relationship, correcting that relationship, and directing that relationship. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the benefit of being a follower of Christ outside of mm-hmm. Eternity with him, which certainly is, but we—it's almost as if in Christendom there's there's this there can be this mindset that okay I get to spend eternity with him I've already signed up hmm. I prayed the prayer I signed up um, that's going to be cool now I'm going to do life my way I'm just yeah. going to continue man that's just nowhere in scripture you know and um, we, we need to live for, with Jesus and and you know. Um, James would say it this way, you can tell me about your faith, show me your faith. Yeah. You know, and again, it's not perfection, this isn't a works thing, but and again, we're saved purely on the work of Christ. We're not saved by our works, we couldn't do it. But those who are saved will have works, we'll have some fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not saying that again to be judgmental to anyone else, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a warning call for myself mm-hmm. to say, don't let my relationship with God become something less than a saving relationship where I'm growing. And, and what I want to do really in our next conversation, the second part of this New Beginnings conversation, I want to talk a little bit about um, Crosswind's discipleship strategy and why we think it's important and biblical and, and, and just sort of walk through that because we, we do have a strategy here. It's not unique to us, but what's unique to us is how we offer it. Hmm. Um, because every church is going to, you know, every church community is going to offer it differently because of the personality and so forth of that church. But the biblical aspects of it should be somewhat universal. They're universal principles that lead us to this understanding of our discipleship. Um, I would say pathway, but I, I want to throw it out this way: our our discipleship 
process. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a pathway. It's it's all these things. It's not like do the, 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 the you know like it's not a one yeah. step two step. It's here's the things that we can be involved in that allow us to grow in Christ and flourish in Him. Because here's the thing: if you're not growing in Christ today, when you hit that hard time, mm. it's going to be much more difficult. If you're growing in Christ um, and you hit that hard time, you, He's there. You know He's there. You've been walking with Him. And so many times we, we throw that Hail Mary prayer when we, you know, it's almost like in school when I, I had friends who weren't even Christians before a test would say, Craig, pray for me. I'm like, did you study? No? Well, I'll tell you what. Probably not that much going to happen on this test for you, you know, brother. It's, it's not going to happen. But, um, but if you've put time into it, then that prayer makes a whole lot of sense, you know. Lord, help me live for you today it is a prayer that is well prayed when you're actually living for Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I just I was going to say as we think about I love what you say all the time about God will use the word that we know, mm-hmm. you know, not the word that we don't know and I can't I can't even tell you how many times so I many many years ago I started um I when I do my God time in the morning um I I sort of I sort of pray in the beginning and then dig into word and then I and then I close with prayer and one of the things I pray to God in the morning um is Lord, just uh, just use your word and show me the things that you want and you want me to see and you want me to hear and um, you know and through your word and in your timing. I think early on in my faith journey, I was like, well, I read today and nothing really stuck out to me, you know. But you know how many times God has brought to mind His word, or or maybe if I'm in a specific book that I've been in for a week or so, how often God brings passages of scripture to my mind in conversations and in times and just how perfectly those things seem to fit. Like, oh my goodness, I was just reading about that. Or, oh my goodness. And I have a revelation about it. Like God brings that to me. That is God bringing his word to me in a way that I didn't understand it before and in a conversation. And it's in his perfect timing. And how we approach God's word. We have an episode uh, that came out I think it was the second week of this year. Uh, It's 2024 or the third week. I can't remember which. It talks about a strategy we use here within our connect groups, and we teach people to to use. It came from Wayne Cadero, and it's called SOAP, mm-hmm. a process that allows us when we study Scripture, you know, it's, it's Scripture, observation, then application, then prayer. And I think sometimes we've read God's Word, and we do the, we do the maybe just read it, and we stop there, mm-hmm. or we stop at observation. Here's some things that we've observed from it. But to actually pray and say, Lord, what, how do I apply this? You know, what, of this passage, what 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 is something that stuck out? I need to apply, and then pray that prayer. Lord, help me apply this. When you when you read God's word as a student, um, versus just to get it done, mm-hmm. or because I have to, and, and not an academic student, but 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 a, a relational student, right? I, 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 yeah. As a disciple, there you go. Mm-hmm. Forget forget student, disciple, as a follower of Christ. And my definition of, that I've adopted as a disciple is someone who's saved by Jesus, who's following Jesus, who's transformed by Jesus, and on mission with Jesus. Yeah. If you're that disciple and reading Scripture that way, there's no way possible you're not going to have the Lord use mm-hmm. that word in your life one way or another. I, I really do challenge someone to share with me an ongoing time where they've really read the word as a disciple and read it in a way to say, I want this to be a part of my life where, where it hasn't been. Yeah, I've yet to find one person. Um, and I, I, I entered into that type of relationship with God through His Word because of mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it modeled and thought, 
that's what a believer looks like. I want to be like that. They weren't perfect. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. You're not perfect. Um, but they were, as Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ and was able to do it. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you. Next week, we're going to look at this uh, sort of the discipleship process here at Crosswinds. It's sort of, it's not unique to us, but we do it in a way that's unique in the sense that every church community is a little different. Every Christian fellowship is a little different. And so I hope you tune in. And even if you're not a part of Crosswinds, I believe it's going to be helpful for you when you think about what it means to be in this, this time of growing in Christ. And as we look at new beginnings, no better way that no better time than to start today. Mm. There's an old proverb that says, "When's the best time to plant a tree?" It was a thousand years ago, right? Um, when's the second best time today? Mm. And so it doesn't really matter what you did or didn't do. Um, God offers new beginnings, and so here's a new beginning for you. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast, Elijah. Thanks for being a part of it, yeah. and uh, can't wait to be back with you next week. If you found this helpful, share it with somebody else. Um, Remember, check out crosswinds.church. That's where you'll find out all things about this podcast as well as Crosswinds Church. But for now, as always, be blessed and bless others. Mm